first five months of 2016, I did about 3.3 million volume. In 2017, I did 33.5, I believe. And this year, in the first six months of 2018, I'm sitting close to 60 million already. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, in this episode, I have Asim Ali on my show. And Asim has a fascinating story. Been in the mortgage business now for only 24 months and has funded a combined volume of almost $100 million, $97 million. Three million in his first six months, thirty-three million in his next twelve months, and then in the last six months, he's done sixty million, which is mind-boggling to me. Awesome guy, he's got great energy and a very inspiring story on how to build your business. And so, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Seam. Also, this episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. So, if you're looking to do a private loan in BC or Alberta. Call Styles Stewart and the guys at Pioneer West. They're awesome. They've been big supporters of our community for a long time. So check them out at pioneerwest.com and tell them that you heard about them on I Love Mortgage Broking. And check out this episode with Asim. Hey, Asim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to have you on the show. You have a very unique uh, story in terms of the amount of time that you've been in the business and the results that you've been having. So I'm excited to ask some questions about this because this is, I'm telling you right now, this is not a normal pattern out of the number of people that I've talked to. So tell me about uh, your story, how you got into the mortgage business, and then maybe walk me through those first couple of years in terms of uh, how that looked. Yeah, so I used to work in collections and, you know, I think at, at the age of 24, I bought my first house. I dealt with a mortgage broker, was really experienced, really good. And, you know, he had walked us through the whole process. And I knew if I ever quit this job, I'm going to become a mortgage broker. And so, you know, the company started laying us off a few years down the line. And, uh, you know, I took my course, passed the exam. Next thing you know, I, was, I became a mortgage broker. And it's been an awesome ride for the first two years. You know, I, I'm, on July 15 of 2017, I'll finish my first two years. First five months of the, uh, in 2016, I did about 3.3 million, 3 .3 million volume. In 2017, I did 33.5, I believe, uh, <laughs> volume. And this year, in the first six months of 2018, I'm sitting close to 60 million already. Right. Dude, that's insane. So you, you, you basically 10x from the first year. So tell me some of the things you did. We were chatting offline and you like you literally started the next day. Like as soon as your license showed up, you were like, I'm in. So tell me some of the stuff that you did. Yeah. So, you know, day two after I obtained my license, I started knocking on doors with force and signs. I think it was the second door I knocked. Met this wonderful uh, lady. We chatted for about 20 minutes, and next thing I knew, I was taking an application. And the file didn't go through, but, you know, that was a learning curve. But, yeah, from day two, I, you know, I started getting out. I would knock on doors. I'll call the real estate agents in the area. I'll see for sale signs. You know, I'll pump as many calls as, as I can to schedule as many appointments as I can. And uh, that's what I started doing. And did you set a goal for yourself for like talking to a certain number of people a day or did you, or was it just, you just have this internal drive that you just go, 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 go. And you don't, or did you set like some kind of like barometer so that you knew, okay, this so, is what I, yeah. No, there, there were no parameters, Scott. It was just like, you know, I, I would get out of the house. It was eight in the morning and uh, I'll just pump as many calls as I can. I'll call past colleagues, accountants, real estate agents. There was not a set goal, honestly, uh, you know, until this day, there's no set goals. I know some guys have set goals and it works for them. For me, it's just when I'm 
you know, uh, if I get two hours in the day and I have to call, touch up with past clients, then that's when I will start calling them one by one. So it depends on the mood. <laughs> right. Okay. So what did you say? You walk, walk up to this door, you're two days in the mortgage business. You're like, like I got to think like, Hey, I'm a seam. And so walk me through what you said. Cause I'm just curious. How, yeah. So I knocked on the door and I just, you know, said, Hey, I was just driving by the area. I live close by and I saw for a sign. How did you open house school? And I think she st- uh, started telling me, yeah, it was kind of slow. Uh, we didn't get a lot of uh, traction. And I said, yeah, you know, it's, it's July, it's summertime, people are away on holidays. And then I said, I'm a mortgage broker in the area. Uh, and she asked which company I work for. So I gave her my card. And then we, from there on, you know, we started chatting and I started asking her which bank she has her mortgage with and what she's planning to buy in future. So it was just, you know, normal human to human conversation. You know, at the end of the conversation, I said, well, I'm going to take your information and uh, here's my consent form and I'm going to leave one for your husband. And I'll definitely look into your mortgage situation and I'll let you know what documentation I need in, in an email. And uh, yeah, so it was, uh, I, I just talked to people, as people start, nothing, no scripts, nothing at all. So this day, you know, just when you're, in, when you're in collections, so I got to, th- like, what did you knock on doors to collect or was it all phone-based? Like, it, it was all phone-based, right? Uh, right? So, but you learn a lot about people there. I think I, all that experience I had over the years because uh, you get to experience rejection. Financial. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not paying. Rejection. Exactly. 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 And you don't give up, right? You it makes you up. impervious to it. You're just like, I don't right. know. It's like, right. And you don't, you know, and you realize it's no big deal. People reject you all the time. It's right, right. rejections. You're, Welcome to my high school rejections. life. I was rejected all the time in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to go back to the collection things for one second, right. just because most people would not have the drive. And so how long were you in collections in that business? Uh, about five years. And then how many phone calls would you do a day in that business? Just because I'm trying to get a oh, sense of like, oh, oh, you're building a lot. muscle. You didn't even roll, really realize you're building these muscles. So, yes. well, so quite a lot. I would say probably uh, 100, 150 calls. Uh, right. Yeah. So yeah, you're making 150 calls a day that people don't want to hear from you and you have to have a conversation. And so then to move into being a mortgage broker where instead of taking, you're actually trying to give them something. You're trying to give them money. You're trying to solve their problem. Like, it's probably like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So if I can help them, then this is like, I'm giving them money instead of saying you need to give me money, right? Right. I think you, uh, you've said it really perfectly. Uh, you know, I have a lot of brokers who come to my office now to pick my brains. And I literally say the same thing that, you know, people need you. Definitely you need them too, but you need to understand the concept that, you know, you're helping them and they definitely need your service. So, you know, the moment you start understanding that, I think your business grows a lot because you are more in control of the things you're doing in your business than, you know, hey, what is the best rate? What are we going to get? Well, the bank is offering us this. So, you know, this, you need to understand that service is huge. You've been there. Your knowledge is, you know, the more knowledge you have, the more you'll be able to provide a better service to these clients. And so a lot of people lack that. And I think in the beginning, I, I learned that uh, right away that, no matter what, I know more than the people I'm interacting with. And no matter what, you know, I'm providing a service. So I don't need to beg in any way, shape, or form. Right. You know, I, I agree. One of the things I always remind myself or remind people that I'm talking to in our business is that you have, if you've been in this business for any amount of time, you have forgotten more about mortgages than the average client knows and, and even the average realtor because there's just so much to exactly. wrap around that. So don't, don't ever like, 
act like, oh, like my wife used to use a mortgage broker for years. She retired a little while ago, but she basically um, used to always say any monkey could do this job. And it's not true. Maybe there was it's a time true. when it, there was a time when any monkey could and a lot right. of monkeys did, but right. that is not the reality today. And so don't, don't sell yourself short if you're right. Like, in, so that's really good because then you go into those meetings, like you said, you're doing these realtor meetings and stuff. You'll have a confidence instead of a, you know, oh, please, like, you know, give me a business kind of thing, right? Right. So, like, you know, uh, to touch up on that point, I had a broker come to my office last week. So he said, hey, I've got made, uh, about 10 phone calls and one yes from a real estate agent as per your advice. I said, only one yes? I said, what did you say? So he started telling me the script he said to the real estate agents. And, you know, he's a good friend. Uh, he was referred by someone. So I told him, I said, hold on a second. I said, dude, let me tell you, stop begging. <laughs> because the mm-hmm. script I'm listening right now, you're begging to, to them. You need to let them know who you are and let them come to you. Set up a coffee meeting. You don't need to beg. There's no reason to beg. They need you as much as you need them. You just don't know that. They may have right. you know, a stubborn relationship with their mortgage advisor or mortgage broker at, at that moment. There could be so many multiple reasons. So don't bet, please. Just talk to them as you're talking to me right now. Right. Yes. No, that's really good advice. And it probably, the, the collections training or years of doing that, it gets you good at, you know, <laughs> phone communication, <laughs> talking human to human with somebody who's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a challenging profession. So good for you. So then, okay, 33 million. So what's the split of your, where's the business coming from? So you're obviously not banging on doors all the time now. So I'm just curious how you go from 3 million to 30 and where did the source of that come from? So a lot of my business now is coming from real estate agents, but a lot of it is coming from past clients too. A lot of it of that is coming from real estate lawyers. Some of it is coming from accountants. There's definitely a big mix in the beginning. Yes, it was, you know, from door knocking, it was from real estate agents and uh, you know, that's all. And some friends I knew, but that started happening a few months down the road when I became a broker. So it, it has a big variation at the moment. So what is your split? Just out of curiosity. So a lot of real estate agents, some lawyers and stuff, but what is the split of that business from like prime A business to like B and prime, yeah, just so that people get a sense? Question. Good question, Scott. Uh, a lot of it is A. I would say if I were to sum it up, close to about 35 to 40% is A business. 30% is a B business. And then I would say about approximately 20, 25% is private business. Uh, So, you know, uh, yeah, I touch upon all all the markets. So that comes to 95%. So then the other 5% is none of your business. (laughs) 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 I was just messing with you because you're, you're, I know you're just giving me like a, I was just curious if you tended to find, I've been finding more and more lately that, that the newer people that are getting traction tend to be focusing on the sort of the non-prime space. And so I'm not surprised that you tell me that, you know, 60% of your business nearly is from the tougher stuff, right. not, the, so, not the AAA layups. Right. So when I, you know, came into the industry, uh, of course, everybody wants a business. That's the goal. You always think as a new broker, I just want a business. Mm-hmm. But I started realizing a lot of people are approaching to me. Credits are messy. You know, income is messy. And uh, I don't have options for them. They want to take out a little bit of equity to, you know, utilize funds for, to pay out some of the debt or various other reasons. So then I started entering into the B and private space. But now it's just growing slightly more because my book is quite huge and the amount of people I work with is quite large. 
So I started realizing that, you know, you can't just leave this business on the side. There's just so much of it and you have to entertain these people. And some, right. sometimes a B business will give you an A client and so forth and so on. Right, right. Yeah, I know that makes sense. And so what kind of hours do you work in a day? So I'm, I'm looking at uh, your... Long hours, Scott, long hours. Like, uh, like, give me a number, like 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day? Uh, I, you know, I think it has a variation from day, day to day, but uh, I would say some days it has a range between 12 to 14, 15 hours a day. Right. And how many days a week? Uh, approximately six days a week. And then Sunday, I, I work about a couple of hours as well. Right. You have assistant or some, some help now. We we're talking about that offline. So tell me about who you have on your team and what do they do for you? And when, and that's my first question. And then my next, my follow-up question is, when did you decide that you needed to hire them? Well, I think I decided about a year ago. Uh, it took me a little while because the person I wanted to bring on board was a broker in the past. He left the industry, uh, but someone I could work with, I knew. And uh, it took me a little while to, you know, convince him to come back to the industry. And he did. Uh, so uh, approximately seven, eight months ago, he left his job and he came join me. So now we have another person on the team as well. Uh, what they do is, you know, the overall the documents, compliance, storing data, sending out emails and all that stuff. So, uh, and sometimes, you know, sitting down with the clients to get commitments, paperwork signed all that stuff. I do the initial meetings myself. I take the calls most of the times, but sometimes I will pass on that to them as well. Okay. So lead comes in most of the time you phone them, walk me through the process in terms of, so I think you had mentioned that you'll have a short conversation. Then you, you set up meet, you try to meet people face to face as much as possible. Right. So what we do is like, you know, let's say a lead came in, they call me, I'll talk to them for four or five minutes. I'll ask them some big qualification questions. Once I know the answers of those questions, and I think this is a good lead, something we can work with, I'll try to bring them in as soon as possible. So, you know, I won't give them a time to meet down the road, and that's key. I'd like to see them right same day sometimes, or even the next day. Bring them in, I'll let them know, a, uh, I'll ask them a set of documents. But the documents, I think they already have that at home, or I'll ask them, do you have these documents? So, for example, two recent pay stops, T4s, 2016-17 three months bank statements. So some of the documents, if they have them at home, uh, I'll tell them to bring them along. And then from there on, once they come in, I'll take the application while they're sitting here and we'll do credit checks right there and then. And uh, by the end of the meeting, I already know where this file is heading, how much they're qualified for. And then I'll tell them, okay, I need the rest of documentation. I won't promise them anything because I haven't seen the formal letters yet. Yeah. I have to still see some of the other documentation. So I'll just let them know, get these to me ASAP. Once they sit down with me, uh, the trust is established. So I no longer have to chase them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I call them or I don't call them. They'll provide the documentation because, you know, they know me. They've sat down with me face-to-face interaction. They feel like they got something done. They came in. And, you know, so it's key for me as seeing these clients. Okay, so you'll meet them and then, so where does your team or your help, your, your assistants help? Like, at, so you do that initial consult, you sort of have an idea in your mind, okay, here's what I need, here's the document list. So where do they come into the process? So uh, let's say, you know, I in- input some of the data to initial data. The rest of the data will be put in by the team. Besides that, once this client sends in documents, they'll the team will receive the documents via email or if the client's dropping them off, scanning them, going through 
employment letters, making sure that, you know, the wording is correct as client is stating they work permanent full-time. So we'll make sure that all those things are there. If not, then we'll ask for more documentation. But they'll go through bank statements. If there's some deposits which needs to be verified, we'll ask questions about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so then they do the nitty-gritty after they'll input the data into the CRM system. What system do you use? Well, I'm still using the autopilot. So uh, okay. nothing crazy, but I think I'm going to start using Velocity soon and uh, try their CRM system and how that works. So I have a question for you. So you go out first, you know, second day, knocking on the door, talking to some random citizen, get an application. When you started meeting with realtors, when can you remember the very first realtor that you landed that was like, hey, man, I'm going to work with you. So tell me about what, how that went down. Yeah, so I think there were a few actually in the initial weeks, but the first one, I picked up the phone, I called him. Yeah, I just, you know, called him and said, hey, I just saw a for sale sign in here. Yeah, uh, you have a lot of listings in this area. Eh? And, you know, he said, yeah, you know, a seam I do. And I said, well, I'm a mortgage broker with DLC. And, you know, I was hoping if you're free one of these days, he said, sure, why don't we meet tomorrow? So I go see him and he invited me to his open house, which was he, he was doing on a Saturday. So I just went in, he started introducing me to the people walking in. I was there for a couple of hours, he was there. And, you know, I chatted with him. And I think that evening he called me, said he has a client who's looking for a mortgage. And, you know, uh, can you see him tomorrow? And I said, I absolutely can. And you know, we just started working from the onwards. Right. How are you able to build trust with him so quickly? Like, because that seems to be a problem. I see that's a problem people have is they, they either can't build trust or they get stuck in the friend zone where they basically never get, you know, the people like them. Hey, I'll go for beers, but they don't send them business. So like, what was in your approach that allowed you to build trust? I, I, I think I always had this confidence and I think we were talking offline before uh, that, you know, and I tell this to new brokers as well. You know, if you're new to the industry and you think, you know, people are going to ask you questions, don't be scared. You don't all know the answers. Just tell them. I'll get the answer for you. I'll let you know tomorrow. Don't give wrong answers. Be confident in who you are. You always know more than the guy sitting in front of you because you are the professional in that industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter this real estate agent who's been in the industry for 10, 15 years, he's still good at selling real estate, but he's not good at mortgages. And right. you definitely have more information than him. So it's a matter of just you know, talking and walking and showing him that you know what are you doing. And, you know, you have the confidence, you'll put time and effort. The service has to be there anytime he calls you, especially when you're new. I don't care if it's 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. at night, answer his phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, if you need to see his clients at 11 p.m. and you want to go to bed, well, then too bad. You know, you, you're a mortgage broker now. You need to see his client uh, at 11 yeah. p.m. And those things will get you brownie points. And then, you know, from there on, it starts any business. It just starts to snowball. Okay. And um, so that was how you landed your first. So you basically did an open, you called the guy, said he had lots of listings, liked me for coffee, met him for coffee. He invites you to an open house, turns into a, a new. And so then tell me about some, like, I'm trying to think of, because it just sounds too easy. I guess I, what I'm saying is that it sounds like it, you're making it sound easy. So what, like, what am I missing or what is it like? Am well, I, just stunned, I, 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 think you, I think you're missing the times when I had sleepless nights. <laughs> you're missing when I had my first deal and I'm walking across, around the house for hours and hours, just thinking how I'm going to get this done. You know, so there, there's definitely a lot of crazy moments, you know, it wasn't all walk in the park. I remember you know, my uh, second file, which was a private file, on the very last day, the solicitor calls me at 4.30 p.m. on a Friday 
It's uh, always it's yeah. always on a Friday. It's always right. like, why uh, Friday? Yes. And you know, calls me and tells me that they didn't know receive funds and I'm going crazy and all weekend I just, you know, uh, yeah, so there were definitely a lot of crazy moments. It didn't happen overnight. The business took about uh, five to six months to start growing and a scene that is overnight. That is overnight for most people. <laughs> <laughs> it took five or six months. Like seriously, you have no idea how hard I've had to. I know, and I have no doubt that you worked hard at right. it. But I'm, I mean, the, the timeline is so compressed, but maybe part of it is you put in a lot of hours, right? So you were willing right. to literally day two of your license, you're banging on doors. And so you compressed what would take maybe two years, three years to, and just like by being so, diligent and then how like how many calls would you make a day so in those early years when you're calling on real estate agents what two questions one how about how many calls you make a day and two how would you decide who you're going to call like i said you know i would get out of the house because anytime i left the house i felt like i'm out i'm out to work so yeah. it was a key anytime you know the days i sat inside the house you know i would be like i need to get, get out and it didn't matter if i went to my brokerage office or if i sat in my car and popped these calls but it just I felt like, you know, I was out and I'm there to do business. And I would say, uh, Scott, uh, you know, I didn't keep track, but I, I called a lot of people. I called past colleagues. I called maybe seven, eight real estate agents a day. So, okay, like, I asked you two questions on that one. So when you call a past colleague, somebody you knew from the collection business, what does that conversation look like? Hey, it's a seam. Just to let you know now, like, what did you, what did you say? Yeah, so it was just like, you know, introducing and letting them know I'm a mortgage broker now talking to them how they're doing and just letting them know and, uh, that I'm a mortgage broker. And, you know, uh, then they start asking questions about what is the best rate. Uh, of course, uh, in the beginning, uh, I realized everybody would just talk about rates because, you know, that's all you were. That's all they know. They don't, they don't know anything else. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. they, they, they would ask you that question and I would then say, yeah, we can, you know, I have access to pretty much most of the banks and uh, credit unions and some other lenders. And mm-hmm. I can look into that and uh, get back to you or what are you planning to do? So I'll start asking them questions on uh, what their plans are, they're planning, looking to buy and uh, that sort of good stuff. But I, I would call a lot of people, Scott. Uh, there was no specific number I had. It was just like, you know, anytime I saw an opportunity, I went in. And I, I sit inside a real estate brokerage at the moment. So funny story, uh, I can share this story with you. So I called this real estate agent and I said, hey, you know, I'm a mortgage broker, saw your sign. And he said, yeah, uh, Asim, it was nice talking to you, but I'm busy this week. Why don't you call me back next week? You know, and I hung up the phone. So I called him back the week after. I will make notes. And okay, this guy is semi-interested. So I called him back the next Wednesday, I believe. And I said to him, I said, hey, uh, this is Asim, we chatted last week. How are you doing today? Uh, you know, after the conversation, again, he's, gave me a cold shoulder in the end, but not a cold shoulder, cold shoulder. He said, hey, Asim, I'm busy this week. Call me next Tuesday, please. So I called him back on Tuesday. And this time he said, okay, Asim, where are you? I, I think it was 11 a.m. I said, I will be wherever you are. He said, well, meet me at that Timisa at that location. And I said, okay, I'll be there in 15 minutes. So he showed up, I showed up. And first thing he said to me, he said, you know why I saw you, Asim? I said, why? He said, because you're persistent. You did right. not give up. And he said, you know, I just had a rocky relationship with the uh, person I was dealing with before. So thanks for coming out. And then after, I think, 15, 20 minutes into the conversation, he goes, well, 
would you like to come to our brokerage and set up an office there? And I said, when can we go? I said, we can go tomorrow. I said, well, I can go right now. <laughs> and he was like, okay, sure. So we jumped in my car, both of us, left his uh, car there, came to the brokerage here. And uh, these guys used to work with another uh, company and they just set up a new brokerage. All the, they brought close to about 30 real estate agents with them. So I talk, saw the managing broker and I said to the managing broker that I would like to join in. This guy introduced me. She said, okay, Asim, here's the lease agreement. Uh, I signed the lease agreement right away. And so you're talking us. same day. So you you, same day. You, you meet the guy. He's like, hey, we need some, let's do it right now. Like You're just like, well, like, why wait? And then you go in and sign a lease that day. Right. Like, how long were you in the business at that point? this point? Uh, about five months, six months. Okay, just keep going. Sorry, I got some more questions, but keep going. Right. This, is, this is hilarious. So then he goes to me. Uh, I said, uh, he said, well, you can, you know, bring the checks later on this week. I said, no, no, no. You know, uh, I, I can go home right now and bring them. I said, are you sure? You don't really have to, you know. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to. So I go home. I, you know, go write the checks. I bring it to him. That evening, I think I was painting my office. Uh, I went to... Home Depot to pick up some paint, painting the office in the evening, getting furniture the next day, and I was it. And yeah, so you know, I, I didn't wait for things. It was just like I I got an opportunity, I had to do it. You now. just take it as soon as it's there. It's like boom, do not wait, do not. And and then you also you didn't take call me in a week as rejection. You just took it as I'll call you in a week. Call exactly. me next week. I'll exactly. Call. Like you didn't. You didn't let that exactly. He was he was more polite than some guys who would say, "Hey, we're not interested in meeting with you." At least this guy right. is giving me a time. And you know, the conversation wasn't really uh, dry either. So I had a feeling at some point I can persuade these people. But I noted, you know, I knew this from day one. Consistency is key, and I just try to remain consistent with the things I was doing. Right. That's, that's an amazing story. Okay. So then you move into that office in the five months. So what percentage of your business in the next year came from that? Uh, a, lot, from, a lot, Scott, a lot. Because you did 33 million then the next right. year. So what percent, right. you, you don't have to tell me like exact, but what, like, what would you guess? I, 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 I would say close to probably 50, 60%. Uh, because, right. you know, I, I, one I, phone call, one phone, phone well, call. actually three phone calls, well, one meeting. Yes. And then being willing to do it now and not waiting is right. That's that's flipping that awesome. Yes, but you know, to the guys out there who are looking to set up their offices in real estate brokerages, just keep this in mind. It takes time to develop relationships, but you have to be there every day. You can't be working out of home and expecting to establish relationships with these real estate agents. If they don't see you. They're not going to do business with you. That's mm-hmm. just simple and easy as that. If they see you and you're chatting with them, you become friends with them, and they see your clients are coming in, and you know this guy's busy broker, they're going to start sending files your way. So again, uh, consistency and patience is key. Okay, so here's a question that we talked about offline, and your answer to this was like mic drop. So what do you say? Someone says, Asim, how long have you been in the mortgage business? How do you handle that objection that's, that people are probably thinking? People used to ask this question a lot because I think some people would smell inexperience, which was okay. But I always gave the answer long enough, long enough to know everything. And till this day, I was sitting with some lawyers yesterday. They took me out for lunch and they asked me this question, uh, how long have you been in the industry? And I said, long enough to know everything. 
And they kept on laughing till the end. And they asked me this question five times, even before we were about They're lawyers. That's five. what they do. They're lawyers. They're going to keep asking the same question to get the answer. You're like, right. so you answer it? No, I didn't. <laughs> this <laughs> I said, and they said, okay, we're going to look you up. I said, you still won't find out. And we're just joking about it, right? But the point is that, you know, like I said, no matter how much you know, as a mortgage broker, you know more than the average person. You know more than the real estate agents you work with about mortgages. Uh, not about other stuff, about mortgages. So just, right. you know, act as a professional. Don't sell, sell yourself short. Act accordingly. That's awesome. Dude, this has been an amazing story that you shared with me. And I love the how you managed to land that office. So is there anything else that I should have asked you or do you think that would be great for my audience to hear in terms of our conversation? I think for new brokers, because a lot of, you know, our brokers who are growing and they're trying to uh, find ways how they can grow. I think a big tip uh, I can give to them is contact other mortgage brokers, stay in touch with other mortgage brokers. Uh, the BDMs are great. Uh, we have wonderful lenders. We have wonderful uh, lender partners and, you know, uh, other people who can help us in the industry, but mortgage brokers with real life experience, with real file experiences, with real clients experiences, if they become your best friends, then you don't, you need nothing to worry. And whatever they do, just apply it in your life. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you may not be able to apply it all because whatever works for them may not work for you, but you can definitely pick out a lot of things which has worked for them, which will work for you. And I think we were talking offline, or I don't know if I said it on the podcast as well, that I spoke with two brokers this morning and I talked to the brokers. doesn't matter how experienced they are. Some are very experienced. They've been in the industry and some are Mm -hmm. going, uh, uh, but there's always something they will share which you didn't know and yeah. uh, this has been a great help for me since day one right which is one of the reasons I love doing the podcast it's like everybody I talk to there's some little thing everybody has a G core genius and I'm like uh, and the other thing that you said offline that you didn't say was that you just you'd meet with people you'd learn from them and then you'd copy and paste so you just take what worked and then apply like it and it immediately because you're action oriented, you'd immediately apply it and try, try to see how it works. So I think that's also good advice for anybody like, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Like that's not going to, yeah, I thought that was a great line. I always yeah. say cheat on the test. I'm like, hey, if somebody knows the answers, just, you know, cheat on it. But copy and paste sounds less illegal. So Right, right. And it's, it's copy and pasting, right? Essentially, there's nothing illegal. There's better brains uh, who have done more business than you have to see what they're doing and just apply and, it in your life, you know? Right. 